Do you believe in miracles? Fizzle in the house. Fizzle, what's good, man? Fizzle, glad to have you here. Let's go. This the South Harmon Podcast. Glad you here today. Hit that Patreon link if you here to stay. Dynasty best ball, that's my favorite way. 40 chess trade show. Let's make a trade today or check the AMA. You know Adam at the ATM. Mike always in the building. He gonna stay with him. They gonna start every show off with their own trade. Fantasy's a big ocean, they made their own wave. Make sure you tap in there Tuesdays and Saturdays. Tuesday night, Saturday morning, ain't no better way. Hit that notification bell when the news break. Go subscribe right now, don't get the news late. Destination Devi, that's the team. Dynasty football, man, that's my favorite thing. I remember Biggie said it was all a dream. Now people watching on their phones and computer screens. Welcome to the team. What's up, everybody, and welcome back into the Dynasty Trade Show. So glad that you could join us. Do us a favor, go down, hit that like button, and make sure you are subscribed because we do have a fantastic giveaway going on. But without further ado, enough of me. The string of hard-hitting guest analysts to come on this show is getting ridiculous. We have an all-star lineup of people who are guest spotting on this show, and it continues with Mr. Bean Counter himself, everybody's favorite Canadian analyst. Drew is in the building. What is going on, Drew? And first and foremost, thank you so much for joining us. This is absolutely incredible. Adam surprises me every week with who he gets on here. So how you doing, buddy? Thanks for popping on. I'm doing well. This is uh, going to be fun. Uh, some of these trades you guys pulled up are pretty wild, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, man. We, um, you know, we got a, a good group of patrons that always keep us on our toes with some of the trades that they send in. So I, I sent, you know, I gave Drew the courtesy, sent him the trades ahead of time. So he's got an idea of what's coming. We got seven trades. But yeah, Drew, we, we appreciate it. Uh, this is DF Bean Counter. Make sure um, if you're not subscribed, go check out Bulletproof. Um, Drew, I don't know if you have anything you want to plug specifically before we get into the trades, but I've been following this guy for a few years. Um, really good process. Really good mind. He's got a great group of guys in his Discord. Um, so make sure you go checking him out. Yeah, no, just uh, Bulletproof uh, FF on Discord. And then we got the uh, Jacob Sanderson do the Sweat and Bolts podcast now. And uh, that's pretty much and, and Twitter at DF Bean Counter. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, all right. Well, well, I'm looking forward to breaking down some trades with, with uh, DF Bean Counter. Um, you know, Drew also, I, I got put on to Drew from Mike Lou. For those of you watching, you may not go back as far as the OG days, but Mike Lou from Bunk Bed Breakdowns over at BDGE um, did some stuff with Drew. I, I got put onto his stuff, and he's got a great process. So we're going to get into the first trade, which, Drew, you may not know, but we always start off with one of our own trades here. So this is one of my trades. Um, we are looking at here, I sent this to you. This is a 12-team super flex. This is a lineup league. We're starting nine players. So I'm receiving Lamar Jackson and Brandon Ayuk. Um, Brandon Ayuk, as a matter of fact, it's funny, I just talked to Mike Lou. Mike Lou got Mike and I in on Brandon Ayuk a couple years ago, very early and very high. He had him in his top 10 a couple seasons ago. Uh, he got in the shenanigans doghouse you know, last year, but this year he's really come along strong, especially given all the, the talent they have over there. So I sent 
away Brees Hall and the 102 in this class, when you look at the 102, I mean, assuming if Bijan goes at 101, that's going to be your pick of quarterback probably in this class. So that's, you know, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, whatever your flavor is. So you're looking at that quarterback swap there and then the difference of Ayuk and, and Brees Hall. But I'm curious, Drew, I'll let you kind of kick it off. What are your thoughts on this trade and, and where are you on it? So when I looked at this trade, uh, it was a like I can only presume that the fire emblem uh, signifying this trade was due to someone cheering for the Lamar Jackson and Brandon Ayuk side. I thought it was a slam dunk, honestly. I did not even consider the other side of this option. Like it was, it was like ninety ten. Like I was a, I was nearly one hundred percent in straight away. I think if you're getting Lamar Jackson, you're pretty well getting like twenty, you know, twenty two, twenty three fantasy points per game. Pretty well plug and play year over year over year over year, and he's probably got many more years to go. And then you're getting Brandon Ayuk, who is like, like honestly, do we really expect? I mean, sure, the the rookie. If if you, if you were to take a rookie wide receiver at 102, are you expecting him to be have a better or worse career than Brandon Ayuk? Brandon Ayuk is kind of what I would hope to get with the 102. Uh, we're getting a, a quality like wide receiver two that might have a wide receiver one season if things break right. I don't think it's going to happen currently in the current setup, but like if something changes, he gets traded, somebody gets hurt, somebody gets traded, the quarterback play improves, whatever happens, or the defense falls apart and they have to pass a bunch. Like I think Brandon Ayuk has a path. He has a talent to be a wide receiver one. I don't think he currently has the path to being a wide receiver one. But realistically, at 102, we're not talking about a player that is almost guaranteed to be in the running for wide receiver two. We're talking about a a player that we hope could be a wide receiver too one day. Right. And at that point, it's it's pretty easily – like I, I would still probably prefer the 102 to Brown Ayuk, don't get me wrong. Sure. Uh, I think that would be a foolish trade to make straight up, so don't do not do that. That's what I'm saying. But, uh, yeah. And then Brees Hall compared to Lamar Jackson, like Brees Hall's running back. Uh, I don't know that he's actually going to matter to the level that Lamar Jackson does at any point in his career. And we're dealing with substantially more injury risk and substantially shorter shelf life. So to me, it's just it's just Lamar Jackson, and then everything else is kind of whatever. Yeah, you know, you know, it's funny. I'm going to pass it to Mike because I'm sure he's got thoughts too. It's funny you brought that point up, Drew, because there's a patron of ours in our top tier, and I love the guy, T Rock. He was at the expo with us, but we had this we had this conversation with him. It's funny you laid it that way because we had this conversation with him only like a year ago at this point, and Mike staunchly was like, no. I don't want Jordan Addison over Brandon Ayuk. And right now, a lot of people have Jordan Addison as the top receiver in this class. So here's the thing. You probably right now, dynasty values, the youth movement, all the rookie hype. Sure, Jordan Addison, if you want him over Brandon Ayuk by a hair, that's fine. But the reality is, Drew just laid it out exactly like Mike explained it. I love that we're starting off this way. Brandon Ayuk's situation hasn't been the rosiest. He, he had the great rookie year in the back half, right? He started coming alive. He's been in the doghouse. He's had some times where he hasn't been all that great. But if you look at last year, you look at some of his highs in his rookie and sophomore year, guy's been really good. This has been with Jimmy G, you know, with Brock Purdy. He's never even got a chance with Trey Lance. And there's all that other competition there. There's George Kittle. There's, you know, Christian McCaffrey in the back half. There's Debo Samuel who got paid. Like, what do you expect Jordan Addison to be out of the box? Because we've seen this a lot with the rookie hype of receivers. It's not necessarily all as glowingly as we think. So I think that's a great point. But, Mike, I'm curious your thoughts here, too. There's a few things in my life, especially dynasty life, that I love. Uh, one of them being Brees Hall. I think he's fantastic. Uh, obviously, the community loves him. They still have him at Dynasty RB1. 
until Bijan officially is in the NFL. That is, he'll get bumped out of there. But I also love draft picks, and I love early draft picks. I love the 102. But, Adam, the only thing I love more than all those combined is getting top eight quarterbacks in super flex leagues, and you're getting one here. Give me Lamar Jackson. I want him on my team in a start nine nonetheless where you need two elite quarterbacks in order to dominate your league and to win it every single year. It's really tough. If you only have one, you can get by. But if you have two, if you can get two elite assets, you have a leg up on the competition for years, and Lamar's going to be fantastic for another few years at least. Brandon Ayuk, I mean, it's just kind of an ancillary piece if you really think about it, Adam. And it's one of those pieces that you and I do like as well at the wide receiver spot. So it's almost like you got this guy as a throw-in. I would trade Brees and the 102 right now to move up into the top eight quarterback spots. And, And I love Brees Hall, and I love the 102, but... Give me a top eight super flex quarterback easily. Congratulations on getting a free Brandon Ayuk, in my opinion. Damn it. You know what? I don't know that I love starting off the show with these guys so in favor of my trade. I I will say, though, this. Like, settings for me is a big deal here, right? So there was a couple things happening. The manager here, Horns, knows best. Um, I don't know that he knows best because he's very afraid that Lamar might actually not play next year, sit out, hold out, all this stuff. Um, he hasn't played the last two fantasy football playoffs, so I, I think there's like, there's I think there's dynasty gamer fatigue with uh, Lamar Jackson right now, and there's all this rookie hype. I, I think I exploited that because I also had leverage a bunch of picks, and this is one of the things I want to emphasize: settings and having pick leverage, right? So I had 102, 103, several other firsts in this in this class in this league, and also, you know, in in start nine lineup, right? In a start nine lineup league. This is also four point per passing touchdown. I want Lamar Jackson, even if I, if even if there's injury risk, even if there's contract risk, because he is one of the quarterbacks that can completely break the game open. Like he's already proven that, right? And when you think about start nine leagues that are super flex, you take the, the quarterback in the super flex spot out, which are the most high scoring. Now you have seven spots that can catch up to those type guys. So give me the elite quarterbacks here. If this is like a best ball league and we're starting like 13 or 14, you, I, you could maybe convince me the other side is more appealing. But even then, Mike, I, I think I'd still take the risk of consolidating here to go to Lamar in that scenario. I like it, man. You know, back on our original roots, like what we like to talk about a startup value, right? Because it's easy to digest when people get in a startup. They, they try to build out a team. You kind of get a good idea of where people actually value them. Not mm-hmm. so much the keep trade cut where you're just kind of clicking things and some people just click random shit apparently because that's how you get some really fucked up values. But if I look at it, I mean, uh, shout out to our guys in our Patreon, Koopa and Tom, putting together that ADP list for us, right? And, right. and being able to pull it from Sleeper. So good correlation here with Drew. You got a Deco who's yeah. doing fantastic work for you. And I absolutely love some of the tools that he's made, and I use them all the time. So our guys put together something for us. But looking at it right now, Adam, I mean, Lamar's going at the 107. That's fine. That's probably where he should go, right? He's a top-eight quarterback like we were talking about. Sure. You're talking pick two is in like the third round range, early third, and Brees Hall is in the back half of the second. So – what did I talk about in my startup series? Like if I'm in a startup, I'd love to trade up into the first round again and get another top eight quarterback. And I'm willing to pay my second, third round startup pick to do that. And Brandon Ayuk, I mean, you're getting a guy who's going in the seventh round back. Is he, so, is he seventh? I was going to guess eight. He, he's, he's in the seventh, seventh round, round now. 
So that that, so that that's a that's a generic first in value based on startups already too. If you're in a startup draft right now, you're trading your two and your three. You're getting another first rounder, and you're getting a seventh round startup pick back. I do that a hundred times out of a hundred right now. Even in best ball, great point. Yeah, even in best ball. A- a- any final thoughts, Drew? Before we get into the next trade, I don't want to you know exercise well, all I mean, just, all of our excitement. Just wanted to quickly quickly touch on. Uh, do you guys value the one hundred two right now? I feel like the one hundred two is really kind of irrelevant to me. I, so I, like, it, I don't. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. Uh, well, I was going to say I value the one hundred two as this. Um, I, I think it's going to be the top quarterback in this class. And although I think the market's, you know, depressed on that player because like CJ Stroud doesn't pose as much upside. People think Bryce Young is very small. Um, there's very much passing concerns with Anthony Richardson. He hasn't shown it on tape. And then Will Levis, Mike's favorite down there. Um, he, he's, you know, constantly taking mock drafts. Will Levis at the one Oh two. He, he still has project in his realm, realm of, you know, outcomes, the reality for him. So I think it's scary, but I, I, the way I'm looking at the quarterback landscape, though, Drew, if I'm not getting one of these top 12 guys, the reason the 102 is appealing to me is like, if he's in the top 10 of this class, right, and is a decent landing spot, like I think because of the scarcity in Superflex and because of the quarterback thirst, someone will highly value one of these quarterbacks, and I don't have to pick who that is today. That's that's the reason I value 102 probably more than most. But to your point, I think there is right now at least a big gap between 101 and 102. Yeah, yeah. The uh, I think you're right. I think the quarterback is probably like pick your poison quarterback, whoever you like the best is going to go 102. I just like the quarterbacks this year are there's two good ones and there's two not so good ones. And the two not so good ones have more fantasy appeal, but they're also probably not very good in my opinion. Yeah, that's then, exactly like, right. I don't really want to spend a 102 on a player that's probably good, but probably not going to win my league or a player that might be good potentially someday, but also probably could bust and be out of the league in three years. And like the 102 just is kind of terrifying for me right now. I'd probably just take uh, I like I would trade down for a loss of value at this point and, and take one of the other running backs or something in the middle of the first or late first. That, that's actually a smart play too. I think there's a lot of ways you can play the 102. I, I'll tell you the other thing, Drew, I think that helped me in this trade was I have 102 and 103. So to your point, right? Like we don't like – I shouldn't say that. There's not a prospect in this class we love at quarterback, right? Like they all have mm-hmm. their warts and reasons we don't like them. But I think for the league when they see, okay, like Bijan goes at 101, but Adam, who has two quarterbacks already, gets to take the next two rookie guys – I think that's what kind of opened this up for me. I think there was pick leverage involved in that, but I, I'm I'm with you. Um, I mean, I made the trade. You guys, you, I don't need to tell you why I did it. You know, I'm I'm in. I'm. It, let me say this last point, everyone watching. 102 for me. I am absolutely desperately trying to do this type of move. Like I want to take that 102 and see if I can leverage myself into the top eight. If I can't, I'll make the pick or trade down, like Drew talked about. But if I can do this on rookie hype. I'm I'm getting into that safe group of quarterback, and although people are worried about Lamar, I feel that he's safe. So, um, enough about my trade. We'll get into another a patrons trade here. So, blitzing buzzard, staple of the community, uh, Nate Liss, big time member. We have the 101. Speaking of the difference in 101 and 102 here, I this is crazy to me. This is a 12 team superflex PPR lineup. He didn't say how many starters, but it's a lineup. You know, dynasty league. He's getting Bijan or the 101, right? He's sending away Sky Moore, who at this point, let me say, let me give a big shout out to Drew because he put this term, I think, on the map. The face planner. 
Sky Moore is the fucking face planner of this 22 class, and it's not close. This is the face planner, ladies and gentlemen. Then we're talking a late first, or at least the defending champ of last year, in a mid-24 first. And I like the 24 first class. I like the 24 class fine, but a mid, possibly a late first, so two firsts and Sky Moore for the 101. I want people to talk, but I don't have anything to say about this. This is easy. This is easy. This is easy. <laughs> if you are going to trade, you have the golden ticket. Like if if you are the holding the one on one, you have the golden ticket. You need to cash out on the golden ticket. You don't need to sell it for this. This isn't enough to move me off Bijan. Like give me the world, or I'll make my pick. I I'm shocked that somebody made Thank this you. trade. I I was I my my jaw hit the floor. I had to pick it up. It was embarrassing. I was at work. Everybody saw. <laughs> like I just I just couldn't even possibly understand why somebody did this. Like if you have, like. If we go back to 2018 and we look at the Saquon Barkley trades that were happening at that time, you were getting everything you ever wanted for Saquon Barkley before he hit the field. Bijan Robinson maybe isn't Saquon Barkley, but he's not far off. And you should be getting absolutely everything that you could possibly ask for from someone. And a late first and a potentially mid first, isn't it? If you're going to trade a marquee player, you get a marquee player back and you get a little extra. That's that's the only way I movie one of these guys. Dude, that I, oh man, that that's so well said. And you know what? Let me say this. Like I'm for in certain scenarios trading off a of Bijan for a Hall. But but Drew kind of put it pretty eloquently in going back with Saquon. Like that's what we're looking at, right? This like Jonathan Taylor, you know, we I know Drew had the debate generational or not generational. It was Where, where you guys stand on that real quick? I me, we're we're big time JT guys. We're generational, you know. It's just I'm, I'm team generational. I'm sorry. Come on. We're, we're team JT, but I, I think you made a great point, honestly. But let me say this: even if you're not JT generational, which I think is very debatable, and if you're on the opposite end, I'm fine with that. Here's the reality: Bijan's not that. Bijan is today's Saquon. Like to give you an idea, like everyone, think about your dynasty teams. Think about what happened this year. The running back as a whole lost more value than any position by a country mile, right? All these running backs got hurt. The running back narrative is terrible right now. 101, think about it. We got four quarterbacks that are looking like top 15 picks based on you know, mock drafts, which could change. But 101 is a running back, and, there's, and everyone's saying that that is so far and away the best pick in this class in, in, a, in a market where running back is not valued anymore. That's how good B. John Robinson is, right? Like to Drew's point – you need to trade – if I'm trading off a 101, which I will do, I'm going to get a haul. But it's not this haul because here's the thing. If you told me that instead of Sky Moore, I'm getting a top five pick or a really good player, a top 30 player in Dynasty, and then I'm getting two 24 picks and you're going to play the variance, fine. Sky Moore in this trade for me, Drew, personally, like to your face planner point, like he's almost irrelevant. Like. Oh, yeah. I would I would liquidate Sky Moore right now for a two twelve. Like if someone would let me re-roll Sky Moore, I am so in. So if I'm getting a late 24 first and a mid 24 first, I think the biggest the biggest criticism I have of this is like I need at least another top five, top six pick in 23, and then the 24 picks as the extra. Like I'm not taking Sky Moore as the one player that's gonna play for my team this year. No fucking way. Forget that. Um, I'm sorry. I'm going to go on a tangent. I'm going to pass it to Mike before I get crazy. <laughs> if, if I'm looking at it right now, man, and I already got the startup up, so I'm looking at it. I got maybe, I'm going to say it, that there's 10 guys. 
there's 10 players I would take before the 101 right now if I'm in a startup. And those are, you know, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Burrow, Hertz, Jefferson, Herbert, Lamar, Jamar Chase, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. End of list. And and some people are going to fight you on the Trevor Lawrence or Justin. Well, you didn't say you didn't say Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, man. Yeah, yeah. Justin oh, Jefferson's got to be in there. I may have skipped over. I'm sorry, Justin Jefferson. Okay, okay. so I, I no disrespect, JJ. Drew and I are on like, oh no, no, no. He didn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> we're on the same page. It's so it's so it's it's those it's the the top tier quarterbacks and the yes. two receivers. That's it. So if I look at the ones that are going after, like Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, like in superflex leagues, do I want? The 101 or those quarterbacks, I'm going to take the quarterback. Like, I feel good with what I've seen from them. If you want to fight me on it, that's fine. I, it doesn't matter. The point is, the trade value on those guys, you, you, Jesus, if you could acquire one of those quarterbacks for just this package, holy shit. But the pick right after it is going to be 101 and it's going to be Bijan. Right. So, why isn't the trade value the same, right? Like, if you change this with Justin Fields, the lowest one on the list, probably for most people. And you say Justin Fields for a late 24 first, a mid random generic 24 first and sky fucking more. You're getting laughed out of the building 90 times out of 100, right? There might be 10% of the population. Yeah, 10% of the population maybe is going like, I might entertain it or I'm a big sky more fan. He's going to turn it around. Just wait. It's fucking insane, man. Like, what are we doing with this? It, True. We're not even at, we're, I mean, we're not even at uh, like, Peak season, peak oh. season for draft picks to be traded, or peak conjecture season for how Sky Moore is going to bounce back, or how the twenty three class is is dog shit. You guys should be pivoting to twenty four picks because this is horrible, or anything like that. So this is absolutely <laughs> fucking wild that Blissing Buster pulled this off. I want to know how much money he slipped him well, in the backdoor deal. Like what else came back? How much cash well, went through Venmo? I'm glad you. Done? I'm glad you brought that up because Drew, here's the thing: me and you play in leagues. None of you and I don't play in in any leagues that I'm aware of, at least for you that uh, IMT Lou. But I know that Mike, who's constantly getting over people, plays in leagues with IMT Lou. Yes. And if there's anyone that knows what goes on with the trades with him, it's Mike. Listen, here's what I have a hard time with. Okay, you have the 101. You have the prize, like Mike just alluded to, and, and Drew's already talked about. You've got a top. Like this is going to end up being almost a first round pick in startups, if not early second, top 15, top. 16 pick easy like explain to me why and i know there's a lot of 24 hype why why like honestly sky more like this is crazy this is so criminal drew this is so criminal i feel like sky more is just like clouding the situation by adding another asset it's a it's like that guy who like offers you you know uh trevor lawrence for patrick mahomes and but with trevor lawrence you're getting a fourth you know, like that's going to make up the, that, that's Sky Moore in this case. And, Dude, and I that, love Sky Moore. Don't get me wrong. I love Sky Moore. But like, no, just absolutely not. Do not do this trade ever. Dude, it's funny. Uh, Drew, that point is, Ray makes that point a lot, right? You throw a bunch of junk in the trade. You know, you, you throw a bunch of junk in there. Like, Sky Moore is the junk in the trade that for some reason, probably someone that missed out. Uh, I'm T. Lou must have missed out on Sky Moore in a lot of leagues. But you should be happy you missed out on Sky Moore. You don't need to go get him now. The guys, they just had, listen, the last game, we're getting ready. When you see this, the Super Bowl plays the next day on Saturday. Sky Moore last game, everybody was hurt. All the receivers were hurt, and all the focus is on Travis Kelsey. Sky Moore didn't even get like 40 yards. 
What are we excited about? Like I'm, he's got Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the NFL, and he can't do anything. I need to, I need to, you know what? Let me get off of this trade. I need to get to a new trade. Um, <laughs> all right, we got a 12-team Superflex PPR lineup league. We got a start ten here, so another shallow one. I spoiled it, this fucking trade already. It, it, it is, <laughs> man. Is today? Is, is that what it is? Is this the uh, you know go get elite asset season? So th- this one's at least not maybe quite as egregious, but still not good. Justin Fields is being acquired for Wandale Robinson, um, the 102 and a 24 first. So, you know, Drew's right. We're right back to the, to the 102, Drew. So here, here, I'll kick it to you. Right back to you. Like, this is the same trade, basically, I feel like. It's like we're just replacing the the uh, 101 with Justin Fields, just like you were just talking about. And right. I just want the Justin Fields side of it. Like, okay, so Justin Fields – had comically low pass volume last year like comically low like the lowest we've basically ever seen in the history of football well maybe not the history of football but certainly in the modern era yeah and, since we've been watching right and like his weapons were were non-existent uh darnell mooney is not really a thing and anybody else who was like i think he was throwing to dante pettis for a while like dante pettis really he's still in the nfl it's wild was it Pettis? Am I confused? Was that a different team? No, sure you, 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 right. you are. You're spot on. Uh, we're just kind of laughing because it's a correct statement. Sorry. Yeah. No. No. No worries. And and then like, so like, if Justin Fields is an incredible rusher, which I think at this point we can we can definitively say he's an incredible rusher at the very worst. Now we have a guy who could pass in college. He was very good at passing in college. That's probably getting weapons upgrades this year. And isn't actually priced in the elite tier yet. I think he probably will be by the time we get through free agency in the draft and they, they really dress up the roster. But as of yet, he's not being valued there. And it's just like we probably don't even have to wait to see if he succeeds to cash out on some some uh, profit between now and, you know, August. And or we could just wait and see if the guy who could pass really well in college can do it again with NFL quality players in the NFL. It's possible. Wouldn't that we've be shocking? Wouldn't that be just shocking if Justin Fields could throw the football, which we've all seen? Um, it would be totally shocking. And, and we already know that he's an elite, like not not a good rusher. He's he's an elite or he's a record-setting rusher. Right. So it, like, it, and it drew, Drew, I think, you know what, that, that point there I think needs to be really hammered home because to, to that point, right, um, I've talked about this a few times, but I'm going to reiterate it. So – when you talk about Justin Fields and the other rushers, like we had Lamar um, on earlier, right? In my first trade. To well, me, you Drew, on the show, it's like, dude, you, oh, you were no, alive we, when you said uh, But believe, believe me, of guests on here. <laughs> we, we got some dope guests. Like we got Drew on here, but Lamar has not been on the show. He's been on, uh, he's on my team now. I feel good about that. But <laughs> that's a close second. It's yeah. Close second. But here, here's the thing, right? To me, that's the end of list. When, when we talk yeah. about running or running quarterbacks, right? So you may think about Jalen Hurts. You may think about like old school Cam Newton. You may think about a lot of these running quarterbacks, even Danny Dimes who had 700 rushing yards this year. But when you talk about Justin Fields and Lamar, you, there's a big tear break and that's an end of list in my opinion, Drew, and everyone watching where it's, okay, this, this quarterback is capable of on a 10-yard run, which normally a lot of other quarterbacks or, or skill players would run out of bounds. That pedestrian run can become an 80-yard touchdown. That is absolutely ridiculous in fantasy. Like, even if you don't love rushing quarterbacks in the real NFL, a quarterback that can do that in fantasy, you're talking about eight points on the ground on a pedestrian run plus the six in the touchdown. How many quarterbacks can give you 14 points on a play? Those are the two. That's it. 
and that that matters a lot in a you know shallow quarterback market. Um, I think that I don't even know what the thumbnail is going to be at this point, Mike, because like I don't know how to make one hundred two the thumbnail because there's so many different college players, but like. Like we're we're seeing the 102 like we're seeing the the shitheads kind of exploit the 102 value which is hilarious cuz it's not valued that high right now but Mike what do you say? <laughs> I don't know if you get like an NFL draft stage and you have like the hamburglar like just stealing. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you do but Adam I'm going to try. I'm going to try to do some mental gymnastics and be on the other side. If you look at the picks coming back they're both Joey Cheese sticks and he was the 102 so he was the second worst team in his league this year. How do you know that? Down at the bottom where it says what Strav is getting. Stavier, Stavier, Robs, Robs. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I both, of these are, both of these are Joey's picks. So right. yeah, yeah. I don't Go know. In, in, in some crazy world, you might be going, man, Joey is absolutely horrible at fantasy football. He's horrible at dynasty. I'm looking at an early 24 first next year. And You're if that ends up being... Man. What was that? If that it, you're looking at Caleb Williams. Caleb yeah, Williams yeah. If you if you convince uh, yourself it's yeah, if you convince yourself you got a, the top quarterback in this class and Caleb Williams. To Mike's point, go ahead, Mike. There's a scenario where like I might do this in like maybe one or two leagues because I know the fish and I know they're gonna be horrible. Like we we have those people where you're just like this guy is horrible every single year. Maybe, but it just feels like you're getting too cute. <laughs> like even if I try to do the mental gymnastics and defend it, you're getting too cute. I mean, Fields isn't going anywhere like Drew was talking about and value wise, he's probably gonna get bumped up once the Bears actually do something besides Dante Pettis and Equinemius St. Brown and Byron Pringle and whatever the hell Chase Claypool is or is not. Once they do something around damn Justin Fields and get him some weapons and let him throw the football like you guys were talking about, which we've seen him do in his entire college career at a very high clip and a very high level. The. It's going up. He's going up. He's already valued as a top eight Superflex dynasty quarterback pretty heavily. I mean, it's not relatively close to the group that comes after him. So what makes you think he's going down anytime soon? Even, I mean, you saw him succeed in an elite clip without weapons. What happens when he gets weapons? Logically, you think it goes up. So I think you're just trying to get too cute with it. I'm trying to do my best to uh, to <laughs> to maybe make a case for the other side, but I can't fucking do it. It's All right, deaf. yeah, it's I, I appreciate the the attempt, and I see Drew foaming at the mouth. But let me say this: Justin Fields, he has the best pick on the board in this entire trade because they have the one on one. Um, but go ahead, Drew. I, I see you foaming at the mouth. What what do you got, man? Talk to us. Talk to everybody. Well, it's just. Like exactly what you're saying. It's it's Justin Fields. I like I I, I want to take a step back because I, I don't think that Darnell Mooney is necessarily the worst wide receiver in football. I think he's a perfectly fine wide receiver three in an NFL offense. Agreed. Like he, he, he's a if he's a if he's your wide receiver three, you got a pretty good offense. And Chase Claypool is a perfectly fine wide receiver too. They're really just missing their alpha. Like if this team goes in and gets uh, DeAndre Hopkins via trade or something. And does something special with their 101 pick uh, in terms of like trade backs and, and upgrading across the board. Maybe they get some more offensive line. I don't know. Like I could see an avenue where I'm looking at this offense and thinking, wow, this is like if Justin Fields take a step forward, this is a top offense in the NFL. Maybe not right. the top offense, but like a very good offense. Right. Fantasy and, friendly. Uh, yes. Yes. And yeah. And then like, again, the 102, like I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Like it's valuable. I will take the pick if I have to take the pick, but I, I'd be perfectly fine trading it like this 
I didn't realize that 2024 first was the same guy who finished second last. Uh, if he's going from second last with Justin Fields to second last with Wandale Robinson, I think there's a pretty reasonable case to be made that he's probably going to be finishing near the bottom of the league again. In which case, yeah, that one, that 2024 first is probably an early first round pick. But we don't know what else is on his team. Maybe he's got a bunch of injured guys that uh, that are going to come back and score a bunch of points. Who knows? Yeah, I think I think you know it's funny because uh, Drew, you know, I normally do a really good job of this, but Mike, you know, he's just it's Mike, it's McNutted. There's a reason he, he's looking closely at the details. So I do see like if I'm you know. I don't even know what that is. David Robs, whatever that is. Um, if you're saying, okay, because here's the thing. If, if we said 24 first and we guaranteed 101, I think we all want the other side. Yeah. Yeah. If you're right? 101 in 2024, I'm, I'm in on the trade. Great job. Yes, because Stab, you're guaranteeing you're guaranteeing the top two quarterbacks in the next two classes and Wandell's a plus. Okay. All right. Now let me give you the opposite side because Mike gave you the, that point. Joey Cheesesteak's our guy, our patron. You know, he, he's tapped in. What I'm seeing is this. This is a guy that's tanked, and we talked about picking the direction a lot, right? Last year we did at least. And I think we talked probably at length about it, but we, we picked directions too early. To me, I see a person that could have a plethora of picks, right? And it's like, you know what? I'm not tanking this year. Let me go get what I need to win, which is a top eight quarterback or two of them. You may already have another one. That's how you win, and now you have all your other picks. You know what? Here, you take this 102, you take what you think is early, and watch what I do with my team and make that 24 pick 112, 110. All of a sudden, this trade looks terrible, and you are regretting everything you ever did in life. Honestly, if that's what he did, Joey, I'm giving you a shout-out with Drew here. That's 4D chess. That's how you play 4D chess, damn it. So I'm curious to see what happens there, but I, I like Justin Fields by a mile here. All right, now we're getting into crusty land. Like, this is Crustyville, Drew. So, we're talking about way down in the dumpster here. Um, our boy, you know, Blitz is is showing us a dumpster dive trade here. 12-team Superflex PPR, tight end premium. It's a lineup league. We're starting 12, so we're starting more players. He's basically foregoing some of these later picks in 23. Mike and I talked about how, you know, seconds and thirds especially we want. But... And I know Mike hates, I mean, he hates Mike White. I mean, he hates him some Mike White. He loves Zach Wilson, even though, I mean, it's done nothing. Davis Mills at this point, like he had his shot and it feels bad. But the reality here is he he's, he basically said, I'm shooting my shot on these late picks. I'm foregoing them. And I'm taking these quarterbacks that could land anywhere. And if injuries or whatever breaks right, he thinks they're more valuable than any of these, you know, later picks in 23. So, Drew, I'm curious, in Superflex, lineup, start 12, what you think of this trade? Actually, I'm taking the shitty uh, shitty quarterbacks in this one. I I do a lot of work around, like, draft picks and, and what you can turn them into, and I think that there's, like, a, a reasonable chance you can probably turn that 307 into a second-round pick at some point. Uh, just, you know, you pick the right player, he happens to flash in the preseason or gets a game. You know, scores a touchdown in three consecutive games, and all of a sudden he's the next dynasty darling. Khalil Herbert type, right? Khalil Herbert, yeah, for sure. But those quarterbacks, like, if they're starting, they're probably startable in fantasy. Like, if, if they end up in a in a uh, you know the the start, they're not going to be starters. Not, these guys are not going to be week one starters. But if their starting quarterback and they're the backup gets hurt, 
you pretty much know that you can start these players in fantasy football. And I think that that counts for something. Whereas, you know, you're 307, chances are you don't know that you can start the 307 when the 307 starts hitting. So you're wasting, like, you're not even getting the points from that. Whereas the other guys, you're actually getting the points. And if they get hot, you can probably trade them for a second as well. So yes, I'm just going to take the, the kind of like ability to know that I can start the player and then the potential. I think there's roughly similar potential around uh, if you can cash out for a second in between either pick. And then the 404, like we're, we're just taking a backup running back there and hoping that everyone dies in front of them and you can cash out on some some projectable volume. And other than that, it's it's a pretty useless pick. I, I think that last point's the biggest for me. I'm going to pass it to Mike because I want to hear his point first. But like 404, I, I think this class is deep. I think there's a lot of players in this class to like. But when I start getting into the fourth, it's not that I won't pick someone there or take the pick, but that's where I start not valuing at all like that pick very much. You know, I'll take my shot on a random quarterback, shit, shit lord or not. Uh, Mike, what do you think? I mean, I like draft liquidity. Uh, not necessarily just for picking players, because like Drew, you alluded to, most of the time you're probably not hitting anything, really. I mean, you you hope that you can flip them for a round higher. But I just like having it around to tacking on to deals, right? Like, oh, man, we're only a, a 307 away. Here, here you go, man. Take the 307. Let's get the deal done. Let me move on with my life and get something that I want. But when I look at it, the only other thing that I love more than liquidity, Adam, is taking my shot on quarterbacks. And this isn't a best ball league. It's a lineup league. So you're okay to like stash these dudes on your bench. Like in a best ball league, I don't want to do it with these shitty quarterbacks because they're just scoring zeros like right. for forever. That could be a, a Dante Pettis who could pop, right? I'd rather pick him up off waivers just to try to get something in my lineup. But in a lineup league, like, let me get a shot on these guys. I mean, there's a greater than non-zero chance both of these guys start at some point next year, right? There's even a chance with, like, a Davis Mills. I mean, what if Houston decides that, hey, with the Miko, we're just going to – we're going to pass on quarterback this year. We're going to continue to build out our team. We're going to roll with Davis Mills and whatever fucking combination of crap that we take later. Maybe we try to hit a, a second round or a third round or a fourth round quarterback in the NFL draft this year and maybe kickstart it. Mike White, I mean, he performed at times well against shitty teams. I still think he's got awful and horrible, but what if the Jets don't work out the Aaron Rodgers situation? And what if Zach Wilson really is god awful like everyone thinks he is? You know, and and they really do roll out Mike White for a majority of next year. I mean, that's a scenario that could happen. So you're paying a 307 and a 404 to find out. At that point, I think the cost is okay. I'm 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 comfortable with what the who's got here. Like I will take these quarterbacks, and I fucking hate Mike White. I think he's god awful, but I would pay the four oh four to find out if Mike White's going to start a game next year or not. And, and y'all are wondering why Brandon Cooks is asking for a trade. Mike's trying to paint a scenario where Davis Mills is back throwing the football for the fucking Houston Texans. Good God, just, just that a shot to the ribs for Texans fans. Thanks, thanks, Mike. <laughs> yeah, dude, that I mean, literally, you know, we, we have the, a shit show podcast, but that is a actual shit show. There's no person that wants that to happen unless they, you know, Mike's scenarios, right? Here, here's the thing <laughs> for, for me with this anyway, right? 307, like if you're telling me you'd rather cash out on Mike White for 307, one for one, I, I don't know that that's the best play personally like I think you may have a better chance with Mike White actually starting somewhere for even a few weeks in a spot start than you have the 307 playing but if you want to do the one for one there I'm fine 
But like Davis Mills, okay, Mike, uh, uh, Drew, a year ago. Now you're gonna have to find the fish for this. But when we're talking the off season a year ago, where Davis Mills is guaranteed to be the starter, I saw people trade a late first for this guy. Definitely seconds for this guy. I'm not. Listen, I am all about sunk cost fallacy. Understanding you, you've lost out. I'm not trading Davis Mills for the 404. Fuck you. Like I'm. I'm gonna hold him. Seriously, fuck that. I'm good. I will ride Davis Mills to the ground. He's going to go in the grave. I'm not giving you Davis Mills for the 404. Fuck that. You can keep oh, your man. damn picks, man. That's where that's where you lost me. Like honestly with this trade for the Hammer B side. Like if you're trading Mike, you're going to say fuck it. I'm trading Mike White for a third. Okay, fine. Davis Mills for a fourth? No. No, 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 and that's where I think Blitz wins this. Honestly, like it's a gross trade, but I think that's where the difference is in this trade for me personally. Man, I'm clipping that audio right there. That is comedy. That is there you go. Old. See, you know, we needed we need we needed Drew on to to let me really get free and, and kind of get like Drew where we're talking about like these roster clogger and these damn face planners. But okay, here, here let me. I'm curious what Drew has to say about this because I know he's talked DK Metcalf up a lot. Um, Drew, what do you think here, man? This is another. I don't know what it is. We 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 do Mike and I do a ton of best ball, but this week it was like all lineup trades. So this is all lineup except for the last one. It's another twelve team superflex PPR starting nine, so a shallow starter. One twelve in a random twenty four first, um, for DK Metcalf. So the person acquiring DK Metcalf is sending his twenty four first away. I'm kind of with this trade thinking like he thinks he's a contender, but the one twelve in this class plus a random twenty four first. For DK Metcalf, what do you think, Drew? Honestly, of the of the all the trades you sent me, this is the only one that I stopped to look at twice. I, I knew that was going to be the case. Oh, I knew oh. it. This one, I was like, oh, I think I just want DK Metcalf. Then I was like, wait a second, where's that twenty four first going to end up? If if this, if it's a locked in, absolutely one twelve ish pick, like the team is just a juggernaut. Sure, I'll take Metcalf. But if that twenty twenty four first could be a mid first. I'm probably going to lean to the 2024s. I love DK Metcalf from the aspect of he's a target monster. The dude is getting like a top 12-ish target share year over year now. Uh, he's probably going to continue getting that into perpetuity. I think there's a chance the Seahawks get a quarterback upgrade to, you know, like, like there's a chance the Seahawks end up with one of the, I think, good passing quarterbacks in this class. And mm -hmm. if that happens, then I'm going to be real excited about DK Metcalf in the future. Right. Uh, but Otherwise, like Geno Smith, I think is perfectly fine. I just don't think DK is going to be a, a monster with Geno Smith. I think he could be a monster in the right circumstance. And the only way they're going to get the right circumstance is if they pick a quarterback, a good quarterback with their uh, early first this year. So Dude, go ahead. Keep going. I'm, I'm curious to hear. So, yeah, like the 112, like it, if you were to offer me a random 2024 first for DK Metcalf, I'm probably not taking it. If you're going to offer me the random 2024 first and the 112, I'm I like the 112 this year. I think this class is super deep. Yes. Like I think like when I was saying I don't like the 102, it's because I like the 112. That's the reason I don't like the 102. I think I'm going to like the guy picked that 112 better than the guy taking out 102. And in that case, I value this 112 a hell of a lot higher than everyone else does. So, if I'm in the 112 and a random 2024 first, I'm taking I'm taking the picks if I'm getting Two 112s, I'm probably taking DK. See, okay, Drew, you know what? It's funny you broke it down that way. And it, watching your, your content for years, I had a feeling this was going to be the one that you kind of teetered on. And 
let me tell you from our experience this year, at least playing in a shit ton of leagues, talking to a bunch of people playing in leagues and ultimately Scott Connor um, and his approach kind of all packaging together for us to learn one of the biggest lessons we learned. We did a podcast on this, Drew. One of the things we learned this year and we want to apply next year is this. In lineup leagues especially, right? So um, you, you probably saw there, you know, Sleeper cut into the trades there because I was pulling it up. I wanted to pull up one of my teams, Drew, and, and Mike's already heard me talk about this at nauseum, so he can just stay on mute and just hear it again. But, like, that that league you saw in the beginning, right, where I acquired Lamar for that 102, yeah. that's a league where I have a absolute – like, going into this year, you would say that's a juggernaut team. He was in the championship last year. He's he studded everywhere. He's got picks galore. Like I don't want I don't want that person's first, right? Mm-hmm. But guess what? Variance in lineup leagues is a big deal because as great as Saquon was, Dak got hurt. Matthew Stafford was terrible, right? Kyle Pitts was a fucking terrible points per game scorer this year. Um, Cam Akers was a bust. Uh, DeAndre Swift was a bust. DJ Moore, as much as we love everything about him, was all these guys didn't score for me this year. Right, so all of a sudden, this team that you think is great produces the 104 pick and isn't in the playoffs. So the reason I want to bring that up is because this is our patron right here, Savage, right? And I think what you're doing here, if it plays out to Drew's point, like if this is the 112, if, you, if you're roster constructed appropriately and you have a bunch of outs and you avoid all these crazy injuries, this works out in your favor. The, the, the point I want to make for the Jose 25-23 side is this. This is not even a bet against Savage. This is a bet in general. Where in lineup start nine, if you have two or three critical injuries, like we talked about how shallow the quarterback spot is, right? If you have Justin Fields as your only legit quarterback and he gets hurt in start nine, that team may not be very good, right? You you don't have to have that many things break right for that 24 first to become a top six pick in a class that's really, really good. So all of a sudden... There's there's more outs. Let me say that. There's more outs on Jose's side. If you are so sure of your team and it breaks right your way, that's a 112 and 112, it's a slam dunk for DK. But I think here here's what I want to say. Making this trade in early February, like I don't actually know that I want to do it. And I know that sounds crazy because DK for Mike and I is someone that we feel is slept on and is a top 12 easy wide receiver. I don't know that I want to do it for my 24 first just because of variance. I'm with you, man. I think that's the biggest thing that I learned from last year is pushing my picks in. But so many times we did it too early, right? And it's not even necessarily that I pushed my picks in and then I ended up with a, you know, an early 23 first. Like I actually had a horrific year. It's just the fact that like later in the season. So if we talk about or think about this in terms of 23, you're sending your 24 pick in February. I mean, who's to say that come November, like right before your league's trade deadline, or maybe you don't even have one, like there's somebody out there who's ready to tear their team down. You have a first, which they cover, covet, and you can't make that move to to put you over the hump or to set you up in the playoffs. Or how many of these best ball leagues or these leagues in general that we do, Adam, that don't have trade deadlines? Like how many times would you like to – get to championship week or the semifinals still having your 24 first and going like, what can I buy for one week to get me the money? Like what can I just forego and mortgage the future in order to try to secure his championship? So I'm with you. I don't want to do it right now. The other part about it is the 112. I mean, 
you guys have talked about it. The class is deep and there's players that we like at it. But I mean, I've, I've been saying this at nauseum, it feels like, and just having this conversation over and over again, we are at the beginning of rookie hype season. Like we are going to do nothing but talk about rookies for the next few months. Nothing, nothing. I mean, we overanalyze the piss out of the senior bowl. We're going to overanalyze the piss of who runs fast in shorts and who jumps high at the combine. That is all we're going to do. And then these teams are going to actually draft players. And we're going to talk at nauseum about what this landing spot means for this player, how they're going to use them in this offense, and is this good or bad for this guy. This is all we're talking about. So even the 112, the last pick in the first round of your rookie drafts, people are going to be excited and they're going to go like, ah, I want that guy. I want whoever the hell's there. I want that guy no matter what. So the value is just going to keep going up. This isn't a move that I do in February. If I want DK and I want to make it a push, one, I don't want to include my own pick, but even if I want to get like super fucking aggressive and be like, there's no way this team fails, there's no way I'm going to need this 24 pick later in season, I think even then on the other side of the coin, the 112 is going to be more valuable in a few months, and that's when I want to sell it because you're probably getting DK back, and maybe you get maybe you get a second-round pick. Maybe it's even a, a late second in this class, right? You get to hedge your bet a little bit and pick somebody in this class who may increase in value as well. And it's not a two for one. It's more of a two for two. It's a little bit easier and you don't lose all the leverage. So let, let me give, give me you, the pick side, man. I, uh, I want the picks here. All right. We're going to do an impromptu um, first time only on the trade show because Drew's here. So what I want to do, I don't want it to feel like Savage is being dunked on by me because I honestly like this trade could still work out. And I said that, but let me give you a perfect example of the same league from the first trade that I made where this type of thing backfired, not to the same extent that this one could. The one difference is this 112 is locked in, right? But let me pull up a trade. I'm just going to pull up the sleeper app. It's not going to be full screen as much, but that's eh, not going to work. Anyway, you can't see that. Damn it. It's not going to work, this sleeper app. So what, what I'm getting, though, is I, I traded away in June, right? Okay, so it's June of, la of this. Think about it in June. So it's June of 2022, and I'm like, I want to get Kyle Pitts. I believe in Kyle Pitts, tight end premium, start nine. I'm willing to overpay. So I sent my 20, my 23 first, which at that time I'm thinking it's 111, 112, like Drew's talking about here, right? Now, the, 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 the fatal flaw is I sent that same manager his pick back in 23. This manager at this time, all he showed me was like, I want to win now. I want, I want both worlds, right? I want to be young and I want to win. He's never shown the, the capability of tearing it down to get his pick to be valuable. And I had that leverage and I gave it back to him. Plus, I gave him Deontay Johnson, which ended up being a complete bust. But the point is, I make that trade in June, thinking, okay, I got Kyle Pitts. I'm off that late first. Gave him his first back, whatever. If he makes it early, fuck it. Guess what happens? Not only does he make it early, and I have six firsts at this time. Now I only have four. He surpasses all the other picks I have. That 102 I just traded, he passed it. He made that his 101. And then my first that I'm thinking is 112 is 104. So I trade the 104, the 101, and Deontay Johnson for Kyle Pitts. I hate that trade. So my, my point with this is, even if you think you know everything today, you don't. So much will change by the time that this 24 first is declared what the pick number is. And, and a lot of that's not in your control. So I, I think I wanted to bring that to people's attention that it's not even – it's a process thing. I'd rather hold my first – later in the year and then when i when i'm confirmed that it's a playoff team a later first now i'll push it in you push it in now and things go wrong you have no outs 
Go ahead, Drew. I yeah, know. This, I, I see you talking. Well, I was going to say this is something that I think is often overlooked in the dynasty community is the timing of trades. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm probably not making this trade, even though I'm saying I like the DK Metcalf side if it's a 112, 112. I'm still probably actually not making this trade in my own league because I like to hold the draft picks because I feel like, A, I'm really good at drafting rookies, so the draft pick's more valuable in my hands than yours. Not Maybe not you guys, but my league mate's hands. And then, B, I'm like we have a very long track record of being able to spot the players that are probably going to be terrible. And once you remove the players that are probably going to be terrible, the rookies I'm talking about, the remaining players are exceptionally safe, like among the safest assets you can get in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. So if you're going to have draft picks and you're going to draft the players that don't suck, we don't know if they're going to be good, but we know they're probably not going to suck other than Sky Moore. We'll, we'll, We'll take the L on that one. But uh, chat, most often we can pick out the ones that are going to suck. And we don't pick those guys. When the you CEH at wide receiver. <laughs> when, we, when we leave the rest of the guys in the pool, we're probably getting a player that's at least going to maintain his value and possibly hit a grand slap. Like sometimes you get, uh, you know, uh, uh, Chris Olave or something like that, where, where they just like skyrocket and it's great. Everything is awesome. Then... I have another process. So I have my rookie process, bulletproof, like prospecting. Then I have another process I call software comps, where I look at the the player's rookie year, his prospect profile, and a, a few variables from his rookie year. And I build these uh, like comp lists. And it's like, well, here's all the players that did what this guy did. His, these guys have followed all the same journey. And when you look at that, we're pretty like we pretty well know everything we need to know about these wide receivers at that point. And we can just get in or out and, and get in or out on those players at that point. And we've Taking the grand slam swing, maybe we hit it, maybe we didn't. If we didn't, we still have the opportunity to get out for a profit. And then I'm going to take those players and I'm going to trade them, the guys that I don't think have the really high ceilings. Like George Pickens is a guy who I had a really high grade on. I, I had him a bulletproof wide receiver last year. Now after his rookie year, I'm like, ah, I don't know. I think he's probably good. Like I, I don't think he's he's destined to be out of the league in a few years. But I don't know that he's going to be a superstar. Like I don't feel like that's his trajectory. And now I can take George Pickens. I've I've hit the value home run. Now I can just trade him. And I can go probably get DK Metcalf straight up, who I already know has alpha ceiling in his range of outcomes. So for me, yes, from a value perspective, if you, you wrap it right down to these two picks for this player, yeah, I'm probably going to take DK Metcalf if I'm fairly certain that 2024 first is going to be is, is going to be a late one. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We have no business predicting that with any type of certainty at this juncture. But uh, if, if that's the argument I want to talk myself into because I really want DK Metcalf, then sure, I get it. But at the end of the day, from a practical standpoint, I'm probably just not making this trade until we're into the season. And I either know that A, DK Metcalf actually matters this year, which if he matters, he'll go up in price, but it's not going to be a lot. He's already 25, 26 years old. There isn't a huge value ceiling here unless he's actually smashing the league. So I'm probably just going to be able to pay a little premium on DK Metcalf to get a really good player on my team if I want him in season. And I know he's healthy, and I know that Geno didn't turn into a pumpkin, and or I know that the rookie quarterback didn't come in and tank his value. And like we just have a whole lot more information when it comes to actual point scoring season to make this type of trade in season is where I'm coming from. (laughs) Either Drew's watched our shows or he's in lockstep with us because Mike and I have talked about how Geno's turned into a pumpkin 10 times on this show. Um, let, me, let me say this, though. I, I think we're going to get to the next trade because Drew's point is 100% correct. This is all about timing. And it, it, even if you say, okay, now 
this manager or whoever has DK wants a little more come playoff push. But I know this is a 112 or a 110 or a 109. It's a different conversation. I, I'd even add a second at that point if I had to do it in that time. What I don't want to do is give away all my leverage here. And when things go wrong, if they do go wrong, which I got news for you, if you haven't played enough dynasty or fantasy football leagues, things will go wrong. You have no control now, you know? So that, that, that's the biggest point. Drew, Drew hit, uh, that was a slam dunk analysis by Drew there. So, I'll just, all right. I'll just, one more thing on that. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Go I, ahead. Always, I always refer to it as uh, like buying insurance, like in a, in a scenario like that, where you're like waiting to see if it actually happens before you're willing to buy, buy into it. I think of it like buying insurance, like sure, I could buy the player with no safety net and anything could happen, or I could just pay a little extra insurance and then I'm buying them once I know what happened. That's what I did with Kyle Pitts when he was a rookie. I was not telling the Patriots to go and draft Kyle Pitts, even though I thought he was one of the best, was literally the best tight end prospect I've ever seen. Uh, it, his price was just like, it didn't really make sense. So it's like, even if he's really good, he's probably not going to cost much more once we know that he's really good, like definitively know. And then that's kind of exactly what happened. If you looked at his price throughout his his rookie season, he's putting up a thousand yards, and his price didn't really change until well into the off season. Right, right. Yeah, you're 100 percent correct. I mean, that, a little insurance later and be happier. Yeah, I mean, it didn't work out with Cal Pitts, but it will. It will. Right, but the, the point is, that when it's timed correctly, you know a lot more than you do today in you know early February. Um, all right, so th- same same mindset here. Twelve team superflex lineup start nine. Liebert's acquiring Traylon Burks for the one eleven. Let me say this: I know where Mike and I are going to be, so I I'm going to start with Drew because I want to know where you are on the two of these things, these assets. Traylon Burks. The f- I mean, th- you know what's funny, Drew? This time last year, this is the one hundred one. This is the one hundred one. Now we're talking the one eleven. <laughs> In 23, which is a deep class, and I like 111 a lot. But so I'm curious your thoughts. This is this is a really tricky one. This is another timing one where I'm like, why would I why would I buy why would I do this trade right now? Like we have so Traylon Burks is a really kind of an enigma. Like he is, I th- I think he's a very good player. I think that's in my mind that's definitive at this point. Like I think he's going to be a really good NFL player. Is he ever going to truly matter? AJ Brown didn't even freaking matter in this offense. Uh, he's topped out at like 17 points per game. If Traylon Burks is AJ Brown and he's only going to score 17 points per game, I'm not that excited about Traylon Burks. Uh, I'm excited at Traylon Burks. I mean, if I could get AJ Brown at 111, I would love to do that. But I'm just saying, like, we don't even know that he's AJ Brown yet. And AJ Brown is one of the best wide receivers in football, and he still didn't matter because the Tennessee Titans passed so few attempts. So right. when I'm looking at Traylon Burks, I'm looking at it being like, well, I don't really have a lot of ceiling here. And then I'm looking at it being like. And who knows what's going to happen with this team in the future. Like we could go from a very bad team or a very bad passing offense to also a very bad rushing offense in no time. We have Derrick Henry, who's like hundred years old. The, the bottom falls on the running backs overnight. Like you never know when the flip, when the switch will get flipped. So with Traylon Burks, I'm like lukewarm on him, but I love him at one eleven prices. So then my instinct is why well, I want Traylon Burks, because if I draft yeah. a wide receiver at one eleven, I'm hoping that I get Traylon Burks. I'm hoping like Traylon Burks is probably going to be a wide receiver two into perpetuity. He's probably never going to be the wide receiver one. Right. So if I'm drafting a wide receiver at 111, I'm thinking the same thing. I'm hoping I get a wide receiver that's a wide receiver two in perpetuity that may never be a true superstar. But as it stands right now, this class is so freaking wonky. Like we're getting, according to like mock drafts, we're getting good running back prospects at 111, and that never happens. Right. That never happens. 
that, that, so, Drew, that's also, let me say, that that's also, I think, a product of how people value running backs and they're burned from these last couple of years, right? So yeah. now they're, they're, they don't want to take running backs. So all of a sudden, let me, let me say this, Drew. The, the, we did a mock draft today on AMA earlier where Gibbs fell to 109. Like, that's just crazy to me. So if I can get, like, if I can, so let's say that I'm in that draft. I have Traylon Burks and someone's, off, or I have 111 and somebody's offering me Traylon Burks. I'm not making the trade because who knows what's going to happen in my rookie draft. I might be sitting on the clock or might be sitting there with my 111 and 109 is like, hey, anybody want this pick? And I could trade basically nothing to go and get Jameer Gibbs. Like, I'm absolutely going to do that. The chances I can trade Traylon Burks for Jameer Gibbs, I think are pretty slim. Damn, so, I'm glad we had I, you on because you're hitting a lot of points I like to make. I'm going to let Mike go because I see him sitting there ready. <laughs> this is this is tough, man. You know, we, we just talked about on the 4D podcast about liquidity and how it's good to be flexible and all this. This is so tough because Drew's bringing up the point. Like, if I look at it flat out, like, I'm going, man, I will take Traylon Burks over the re-roll at 111 because, like, I'm hoping I get somebody who's hyped up the same way Traylon Burks is. There's still people who still think he's the best wide receiver in this class, this past class. Like they're still like, well, we just haven't seen it yet. Still getting pushed up on the hype. I look at where he goes in ADP. Like he's a mid sixth. The crazy thing is he's going right next to Jamison Williams, who did fucking nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. Did even less than Traylon Burks, which is crazy. But Adam, if I'm looking at it, I just go by like ADP trends, like what I know. Where did back end first usually wind up in startup drafts? Like they're usually in the seventh, seventh. eighth round. Yep, that, that's just kind of where they always seem to fall. It really doesn't matter what the class is. Historically, people in startup drafts go, yeah, the 111's worth a seventh or eighth round. So I think you're getting value on Traylon. I'm probably going to take the Traylon side, but God, that part of me who still goes, man, just take the pick liquidity. Because like Drew's talking about, you know, right up until you're on the clock or actually have to make the pick, there'll be people who are doing all kinds of stupid shit. There's people who might send you Traylon Plus for the 111. And in that case, I'm getting a two-for-one. Fuck out of here. I'll take that all the time. But, I mean, I've seen wild shit happen in these drafts. We see wild shit happen in mock drafts. We go into every single dynasty, like, rookie draft that we do going like, man, I think this is the way that it's going to go. And, like, last year I watched Chris Olave go at the 102. Just out of nowhere. Like, I was high on Chris Olave, but I'm like, holy shit, somebody took the 102 and there always seems to be a player who falls or there always seems to be some wild shit that happens in the back end you know like getting mac jones a first round nfl drafted quarterback at the 202 or 203 in some of these drafts was unfathomable to me even if you didn't like mac jones you're going like this is a top 15 quarterback taken in the nfl draft he needs to be in the first round somewhere and people still didn't want to do it so i gotta make a decision on it I like what Bert. I like what Lieber did. I mean, Bert's our guy. Yeah. Pfft, shit, man. I think I just want the pick, though. Like, well, I feel good. Just give me the pick. Well, okay, all right. Because because Mike's he, he's he's waffling, right? He doesn't know what to do because it's 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 tugging at his heartstrings on both sides. Let me talk about it from a process standpoint because I think everything both you said is really appropriate and applicable. But so so let me say this. As a person, and Drew, you may not know this, like I have, you know, I bought into the, you know, DF Bean Counter hype. I bought into the Rage Q hype back in two years ago, right? So 2021, 2023 is it. 2023 is everything you want. I have a portfolio that is stockpiled in 23, right? 
So on these teams where I have a lot of liquidity and I have like, you know, a plethora, I'm talking a quarter of the picks in that first round or more, I may look to cash out on this, but I'll tell you this, it goes back to Drew's point. Timing wise, I'm not doing it now. I want to know what's going to happen. There's so much different things that can happen. Like, I, I think this is a point that Drew's talked about already in this that I've stressed constantly. Dynasty timing is everything. What What's happening right now? The Super Bowl is about to be played on Sunday. We have weeks and weeks and weeks until people start feeling the thirst. I want football back. But what happens? The combine. The NFL draft. You know what's going to happen then? The outrageous, outrageous ascension of these these picks, these values at, at the 23 class. This class is so deep at running back, which poses a unique situation given the landscape, right? In years past, like Drew was talking about with the Saquon Barkley trade. Running back, everybody wants running back. It's, it's quarterback and running back. Now people don't really want running back outside of Bijan. So what's going to happen? 109, 110, 111, 112, even these mid-seconds. Like, you could land a running back that could end up as a workhorse for a few seasons. That's crazy that you didn't used to be able to get that in the old markets. So now my running back affinity and love is like, yo, I'm not getting off this 111 just yet. Because I saw Gibbs at 109, like Drew was just talking about. If I can go from Burks to 109, which is going to end up being Gibbs, and I got to throw in, you know, some fluff third piece or fourth, that's crazy. The other point I want to make about this is, Go ahead and look at some of the earlier trades here today. Like you're seeing already in February what 102 can be leveraged for. When 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 23 is at its peak hype, like these guys are running insane 40s. Uh, everybody's you know the, the the crazy next you know AJ Brown like you know he's alluding to. All of a sudden 111 is going to be this crazy pick. Someone might give you more than Traylon Burks. So to Mike's point. Like if I'm looking at this pick and it's what I know today and it's not like a overly glowing prospect and it's in May, it's after the draft. Okay, fine. I'll take Traylon Burks in that scenario. But if I'm going to leverage my liquidity that I've built up right now, 111, I don't want to take this for Traylon Burks. As much as the one for one tells me I want Traylon Burks process wise, I want the pick. I want all this value that's going to continue to build until... Honestly, like all throughout the summer, it's going to just keep building. So um, it, it pains me to say this because Mike and I love Traylon Burks. I think we're hearing that Drew likes Traylon Burks too, but this is a process show. This should show you 40 chess. Like you don't just take this side of – you don't just take that. So like that. that's that's it, man. That's the uh, – well, not yet. We got it's, one it's more best ball trade. We got one more best ball trade. Go ahead, Drew. Go ahead. Hold up, I want to I want to talk a little bit more about Traylon Burks because I think I think he's a really fascinating. Go ahead, go ahead. Go I ahead. I have already taken the L on Traylon Burks. Last year I had him in the coin flip tier. Uh, I argued like day and night with people about him being in the coin flip tier and not in my bulletproof tier, and I have waved the, the flag. I was fucking wrong. I messed it up. I'm sorry. He wasn't even good last year. Like like this isn't like a like a re- rewrite history because he was so good. Like. I just got the process wrong and I'm sorry. I used to use something called early declare and I still do. But the difference is my early declare that I was using to determine that Traylon Burks was not in fact awesome was early declare meaning player with remaining college eligibility. I used that as early declare. What I found out is all the people, all the data analysts out there that were 
hyping early declare and, and and it is better it is better than being an actual senior in your final year but it's not as good as first time early declare and when i flip the switch to first time early declare fireworks in the sky Treland burks is one of the best wide receiver prospects in the game and i i i feel terrible i have i have led people astray i i was wrong and i just need i need your listeners to know that i was wrong okay so what happens is I have now changed that in my process. Listeners probably heard me, hearing me for the first time in the history. You now know I've been wrong before. I have now changed this. And when I switched it to first time early declare or first time eligible declare, Traylon Burks flips to Bulletproof. When I do his sophomore comps now, his sophomore comps is my second year process I was talking about. Right. We take their prospect grade. We take the rookie points per game. We take the rookie year PFF grade. We take their ADP trends. So like, did they face plant or not? That's a big criteria. If you face plant, you basically suck no matter what else happens. Uh, so when you take all that and you run the sophomore comps for Traylon Burks, here are his comps. You ready for this? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm at the edge of my seat. It starts with DeAndre Hopkins, who's Ooh, pretty good. Like the that. second player is Calvin Johnson. And, th- and then it gets a little downhill from there. But like Tyler Lockett, Kenny Britt, Sidney Rice, Santonio Holmes, DJ Moore, Christian Kirk, Devin Funches, Marquise Brown, and then Ruben Randall. There is one player on this list that did not hit a top 24 season in their life. And his name's Ruben Randall. He's probably never going to do it. I think he's out of the football at this point. Right. We're I talking think it's about over. a list of entirely hits. Like everybody on this list hits. So if I'm now looking at my rookie year comps and I'm looking at a bulletproof prospect, they don't have a list like this. Right. This is a better list than my rookie bulletproof wide receivers have. So if I'm comparing my 111, I'm on the clock at 111 and somebody's, and I'm looking at taking a really good wide receiver prospect and somebody's offering me Traylon Burks, I'm taking Traylon Burks. But if I'm on the clock at 111 and I'm looking at Traylon Burks or say uh, Sean Tucker, and Sean Tucker presumably gets enough draft capital that I care. Yeah, requisite draft capital, right. Then I'm taking the running back because the running back probably matters more on a weekly basis than Traylon Burks in his current situation. So it's it's like a really... Like this trade, it was clear to me when you just say, do I want Traylon Burks or do I want 111? It's like, well, I want the wide receiver I have pretty high confidence is really good versus the one that I think might be good. But if we're throwing in, well, maybe we get a a running back at this point or, uh, you know, there's some really interesting tight ends. I'm probably not taking a tight end here, but I could be talked into Michael Meyer if he goes really, really early or something like that. But like if it's Traylon Burks or any wide receiver in this class, I'm probably taking Traylon Burks, which is probably a bit of a hot take. I would think. Well, you know, you know what's funny though is, see, see, I don't think that's hot takey today, right? But, but I think it goes back to the point you made last trade in timing, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I know everything about the twenty-three class, like if you're in a league, like Mike and Mike and I are in these degenerate leagues, you know, the destination Debbie types, where um, we're really going to put our process to the test, Drew, because it's pre-NFL draft. Like we're going to oh, draft. Yeah two weeks before the NFL draft, and we're just like, all the stuff you talk about, right? The process, like what you think about this prospect before draft capital. All right, I may want the sure thing in Traylon Burks, but it's after that. Like if you're telling me we know requisite draft capital, we have all the prospects, all the data, and we can say what 111 projects, or we can even wait till we're on the clock and see what that player is. This trade probably exists then, right? And that, that, yeah. my only criticism to Liebert is that. I think that you might be able to wait for this and still get the same thing on the clock or, you know, the day before. So I think 111 is going to send in value. Um, the the process bet I think that Liebert's making is this is a guy that's very bullish on Traylon Burks. 
the prospect. And, and, you know, everything out of Tennessee that we know today is Tannehill's going to be back, Henry's going to be back. So we're looking at the same damn fucking thing, right? Like, okay, great player in a system that's going to kind of hold him back. But in Dynasty, if you're playing long-term, what if next year, what if midway through this year, Henry's hurt? Henry all of a sudden falls off a cliff. They also have to start throwing the football. Next year, they have to start throwing the football. The prospect of Traylon Burks could weigh out. But if you see Traylon stuck in that same situation, and all of a sudden, 111 is the running back. Like, like think about it this year, right? Think about I mean, everyone listening. Think about Damian Pierce. Think about these running backs that went in the second round. That all of a sudden, they're, they're, they're top 10 running backs in this class. If you get to net, to Drew's point, Sean Tucker, you get to trade up really cheaply for Jameer Gibbs or whatever your third running back off the board is, and this is considered a top 10 running back, that's going to matter more than what Traylon Burks does almost guaranteed for the next two seasons. So I get it from both sides. I just personally want the liquidity today. So I don't know if anyone had any final thoughts on that before we get to the last trade of the day, best ball. So we're going to, we're going to throw drew for a curve here. So best ball drew. So, right. So now all of a sudden your whole bench matters. You can't just taxi people and there's no, you know, IR spots. Everyone can score. I don't know that it matters in this trade truthfully, but I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, cause our boys, our boy Zach's getting Kyler Murray. I, why are you doing this to me, patrons? Like I, I don't know how to make a thumbnail for the 102. We have the 102 in fucking three trades out of seven. Kyler Murray in the 308 versus Baker Mayfield in the 102. I'll say this: I, I'm not a Baker guy. I haven't. You see the Brown stuff in the background. I'm here in Cleveland. I, I've been. I think he's a fraud from the beginning. I'll still take him over the 308 and Superflex. But I think the bulk of the trade is really Kyler Murray for the 102. So, Drew, I don't want to give you the same thing, but we're going to have to. Yeah, it's a slam dunk. It's Kyler Murray, and it's not close. And I don't really have any any second thoughts to this trade. There's there's no other avenue in which I'm like, oh, well, maybe actually if this happens, then I would rather it, – it like no matter pretty much what happens in, in the outcome of the NFL draft and the combine and so on and so forth – I'm definitely almost assuredly taking Kyler Murray in this trade. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I, I still think he might be something. He he was decent uh, at one point in time, and I think it's possible that he could be decent again because we do see these kinds of players pop up again at some point. The thing with Baker Mayfield, though, is we're still not talking about high ceiling. Like if Baker Mayfield hits, we're talking about like the QB twelve. Right. Like we're we're not, we're not winning our league with Baker Mayfield, no matter what happens. Uh, so I, he's not. He's like. He's basically free, so sure, I'll take him. Uh, I think he's got a reasonable shot at hitting, but he, he's just never going to matter. The 102, honestly, is Baker Mayfield as, as a rookie. Like, that's that's what we're looking at. A player who who's probably going to be pretty good at passing the football, probably not going to give you anything on the ground. We're talking about a quarterback 12 if they if they smash, uh, which is not exciting. Kyler Murray, if he smashes, we're talking about in that Lamar Jackson uh Justin Fields maybe not quite that level of rushing but like really good rushing and then also really good passing and he has a ton of weapons and it's just like I I just, I fail to understand why people dislike Kyler Murray I don't care that he plays video games as long as he scores fantasy points and the guy scored like 23 fantasy points a game every year except for his rookie year and and if you like this year he didn't because he got hurt in like the first play of one game you take all that game, he was still scoring like over 20 points per game. And everything sucked this year. Everything in Carol in, in the Cardinals land was terrible. 
and he still scored 20 points a game. So the dude's floor is 20 points a game. That's like quarterback five most years. And I'm just, I'm just taking Kyler Murray. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm done. I have no further, no That's further it. questions. That's it. <laughs> I, I'm just here so I won't get fined, Drew was saying. You know, he's going Marshawn on it. But but you know what? It's funny, though, because, see, Drew, I, I think this is a good point, and everyone listening, this is recency bias, I think, happens. For a lot of people, and it's hard to put, like, a a real definitive value on what that means in market, right? So so think about it this way. So Kyler Murray, right? What, what are the cons to him? Like, first of all, this guy went 101 after, like, people were telling him, you know, months before the draft, like, just go play baseball. You know, you're not going to be a quarterback that's going to matter because he's so small. So you talk about the frame, but then all of a sudden, Kyler Murray, right, gets the 101 draft capital because they make the, you know, big Cl- Cliff Kingsbury push. So Cliff's out of town, right? But what you've seen is insane rushing upside that has really elevated his floor. But I think the biggest thing is he also has a contract now, right? So Mm. Kyler Murray is, you know, in quarterback six, quarterback three, his first two seasons, um, two years ago, 2021, he was a top 10 guy. This is last year, right? He got hurt again. Now the, the hurt thing, the, the points per game and him being hurt, I think plays into the recency bias. So this is a guy that's small. Right, so there's already a lot of naysayers when you check boxes with with size, right? They want Justin Herbert. They want six six stature, can throw the football. There's questions about his accuracy. There's questions about his love for football, the video game stuff. There's questions about his size, and then he's been hurt almost every year, even though it's been in different spots. So I think that's what scares people off in recency bias today is there's just a lot of cloud, black cloud around like the name of Kyler Murray, whereas 102 presents. This is, I think, part of rookie fallacy, right? We haven't seen 102 fail, so 102 is going to be phenomenal. Like, now, okay, sure, C.J. Stroud could be phenomenal. Like, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or whatever you think, maybe they go to a great spot, maybe they end up being phenomenal. But, like, we've already seen Kyler Murray. Like, top three quarterback, That I would consider that phenomenal. Like, in Superflex leagues, that's phenomenal. We've already seen Kyler do it. I, the way I look at this trade is I want the sure thing. Like, I talked to Zach through this process. Yeah, is there a scenario in a year from now, like Kyler coming off the injury, maybe he doesn't rush as much this next year, um, maybe the 102 ends up in a good landing spot, whoever quarterback that is. Is there a scenario where this is wrong? Like, a year from now, maybe. But I think the process play is I know Kyler Murray is a quarterback that possesses top 10 upside, has a contract. I, I'd take that sure thing over the 102, and, like, it's – I don't know. I feel like we're talking the same point at length because it's the same kind of trades. But like, if I can get out of these quarterbacks in this class that are upside for a top eight, top twelve quarterback, I'm I'm just gonna do it. So, uh, Mike, what what are your thoughts? I mean, it's kind of like the movie Eight Mile in the second to last fucking rhyme where he's battle rapping. Like, didn't you listen to the last rhyme, Meathead? You're saying the same shit that he said. <laughs> this has been this story of this fucking night. Like, what more analysis do I need to give? I mean, right. I'm sorry, Zach. I'm not going to go on a big, long tangent about how great you are and inflate your ego any more than it already is. Uh, Kyler Murray, the 308. Uh, end of discussion. Next. <laughs> Damn. That's how we're going to end it. Well, 
It, it's right <laughs> though. Go ahead, Drew. Go, go ahead, Drew. Go ahead. Go ahead. I know. I haven't seen Eight Miles in years. I, I, I'm filled with regret now. I need to go and watch Eight Mile. There it the is. The movie was awesome. <laughs> like I, I don't know. L- l- listen, Drew. We're, we're also, you know, uh, when you go back and 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 rewatch the, uh, if you do go back and rewatch the actual drop of this, one of our listeners, Fizzle Dollars, is a rapper. He put together a sweet intro song for us, and we made a video, and it's going to be the first time we play it for this we played it for our ama so we're, we're we got like rap on the mind and I'm eight, eight, eight mile is fucking a great throwback um but i mean oh, yeah. here's the thing like i, I think uh, mike's point's correct like it, it was a great line but we don't need to keep discussing the same shit like I, i'm willing to get off of the 102 if i can get into a quarterback that has a contract that's shown upside you know the top 10 12 guys like kyler murray to me is that so I'm happily getting off the 102 for that. You know, I, I think there's a scenario like Baker was decent in LA the last few weeks of the season. He could end up being a retread quarterback to Drew's point. I, I, fuck it. I'll take the 308 if that's what it takes for me to get, you know, Kyler Murray locked up for the 102. So I don't know, Drew. I know, I know you said you're out of here um, next. You know, you, you, you're here so you won't get fined. I don't know if it seemed like you might have one more final point to make uh, on this trade. <laughs> Uh, no, I like on this one. It, I, like I said, it's just it's just there's no upside on the other side of the trade. Like the Baker Mayfield and the 102, I feel like they're both like maybe we get a top 12 season, like and it will be QB 12, which just isn't doesn't move the needle when it comes to mo- winning or losing your league. Like if either of these guys hit, we're talking about Jared Goff this year. Yeah. Like Tom Brady two years ago threw for like 4,500 yards and like 40 touchdowns. He was QB 10. Like, if you don't rush, you don't score fantasy points in today's NFL. And Baker Mayfield doesn't rush enough. And the 102, neither of the good quarterbacks rush. And the ones that do rush have exceptionally questionable passing profiles. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know what, uh, I'll say this. C.J. Stroud, I think, showed some rushing upside in this uh, last national, you know, the, the, the college football playoff. But to your point, right, it's – I think he has rushing upside, but it's not Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray can go two touchdowns, 100 yards on the ground. Like, yeah. I like C.J. Stroud's rushing upside, but it's, you know, 30 yards. Cool. It's it's not this level of rushing upside. So, Zach, I, I, you know what? We're going out of this trade. You, um, you know that, that Simpsons gif where it's just like, stop, stop, stop. He's yeah, dead. Yeah, he's already the dead. One, he, he's already dead. The 102 dead. is fucking dead, man. <laughs> Just, we buried it seventeen times. It feels like here, it's over. Let, let me let me say this before we uh, get out of here and wrap this up. I really hope that if you have one hundred two shares, that you delete this video from YouTube. That you find a way to not let your league mates see it because there is no way one hundred two is going to continue to do this if you let them see what just happened here. We had seven traits, three of which we absolutely destroyed the one hundred two. Um, but you know, everyone listening, you're leveraging the 102. Drew, man, this was a blast, dude. Um, we had a lot of the same thoughts, a lot of the same processes. Truthfully, like you're you're one of the you know guys that I've watched learning about Dynasty. So, uh, part of you know your process is what we talk about. But um, really glad to have you on the show. Would love for you to plug anything that you have. Uh, I know you said bulletproof or any other thing that you want people to tap in because now that they've listened to the rants and all the process, I think they might want to tap in, you know? 
Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, it, it was great having. It was great being on the show. Thanks for the invite. Uh, if you want to, uh, you know, dive into our our content, it's on Patreon.com forward slash Bulletproof FF. And then I'm on Twitter at DF Bean Counter. And our podcast is Sweat and Bullets, and it is Sweat and Bullets, a fantasy football podcast. And uh, we'd love to have you. Sounds good, man. Drew, we, we really appreciate it. Um, sorry that, you know, all of the patrons are leveraging 102 at this point. I think it's because of all the <laughs> shit that Mike and I talk about. So this is all we had for you for this week. But uh, Mike, 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 final thoughts before we get up out of here, man. Nah, that 102 sell-off is going to be like crypto just going in the motherfucking tank. It's all. Well, it, it's like uh, the it, – it wasn't it today? The Bed Bath & Beyond went like crazy <laughs> nuclear, and then all of a sudden it's like way below market again. Like just – it's a volatile oh stock. I, I want 102, but once again, if I'm getting into the top-tier quarterbacks, I'm out on 102. You can have it. Um, everyone listening, we appreciate it. I appreciate all the subscriptions. Um, if you could, if you're new to the channel, you find this valuable, like Drew said, go check him out on Bulletproof. Also, go down, hit the subscribe button. Uh, if you are currently subscribed and you're here again, um, let us know what you think of the trades. Let us know what you think of 102. Obviously, we've already told you how bad it is, but put it in the comments. Tell us what you think about 102. Make sure you leave a like for the video and make sure you're tapped in every single week to this Saturday mornings. Um, we love the 40 Chess Dynasty Trade Show. As you saw in the beginning, Fizzle is killing the game, helping us get an intro um, that we are honestly in love with. Mike couldn't you know, stop telling me about it all week. So also, you know, if you're looking for a throwback your board, go check out 8 Mile. Mike dropped that in there as well. But we will see you back here, same time, same place, next week. We are out of this thing. Peace. <laughs>